I, I have to share a little confession. I came in the other night. First time I preached here, I had four people. And, and it wasn't a big crowd, but I still preached. I'll never forget that night. I, I prophesied that God was about to change the doctor of this hospital. Josh Vandegraaff looked at me and went, I looked at him and Candy and I said, you have raised up ministries and this church has been a fruitful place of ministry. It's sent out ministers. I said, you have been a spiritual doctor in this house, but God's about to change the doctor. He walked up to me and said, what are you talking about? I said, I have no clue. Two weeks later, he gets a call from my bishop, and I didn't even know there was transition going on. He's transitioned out and moved to where he is now. But during that transition time, God has blessed this house with a wonderful pastor team. Anybody believe that? Will you give me a wave offering? Believe in that? Dane Corbett is more than just a pastor. He's a friend of mine. And, and I, I, I'm saying this very carefully because when I came in, I had specific instructions of how to handle this moment. But for the last, I don't know, couple months, someone shared with me that he's not been taking a salary because of the bills. That's not common knowledge to this church. So this morning, we're going to bless the pastor. We're going to bless the pastor's family. And, and this is the only way I know how to do this. This is where God kind of messes with me. So, Sister Christian, if you'll close your eyes. Brother Dane, just keep your head bowed and close your eyes. Can I have some folks that will just say, I'll give $20 or more? Okay. How about some folks that will say, give, I'll give $10? $5? Okay. And you say, why are you doing that? Because that's what God told me to do. I want us to bless this man of God and his family today. I want to bless them with an offering. Don't put anything in there for me because this is what God told me to do. I want this to go strictly to them. So I don't know if it's 20. I don't know if it's 50. Maybe 100. But I'm going to give 50 myself. And I, I'm not doing anything that I'm not asking you not to do. I'm asking you to do the same thing, whatever God lays on your heart. So, God, I believe, Lord, right now, you have sent this couple, God, on assignment. They have been faithful to your call. They have been faithful to the ministry. And I'm asking God today that we bless them 
where they've not been taking a salary. Lord, I, I've been right where they are before at two different churches where I've not taken a salary for a month or so. And God, that's tough on a family. And I'm asking God that we sow a seed back into them today. A seed for their lives. A seed for their ministry. A seed for their family. I ask God that it meets the need of whatever's going on in their life. God, I'm asking, Lord, right now that we bless them today. We ask this in your name. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving. Do you love your pastor and his wife and their family? Amen. He did not ask me to do that. He had no clue I was going to do that. And I told him last night my plan. He said, no, I'm not sure about that. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's what God told me to do. I ain't going to get blessed unless I learn how to bless others. I don't know, somewhere... Luke 6.38, I think, maybe says, Given it shall be given. Press down, shaking together, running over. Will men give back unto you? I, I believe that scripture. Real quick, turn to Mark chapter 3. I'm going to try to be brief. I know we've got some festivities going on. I'm just going to give us a spiritual principle this morning. This will probably be good teaching, maybe good preaching. I don't know which way I'm going. Mark chapter 3, verses 22 through 27. When you're there, say amen. Scribes came down from Jerusalem and said of Jesus, He has Beelzebub. He's the ruler of the demons, and he cast out demons. He goes on, the next verse says, So he called to himself and said to them in parables, How? Can Satan cast out Satan? A kingdom that is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Then he goes on and says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter into the strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. God, I thank you for this scripture, this passage of scripture. And I ask God that we get a revelation for the next few moments of what you want us to understand from this scripture. In your name, Lord, amen.
Jesus is given a spiritual principle. He's given us a principle of understanding that a house divided against itself should not stand. A kingdom divided against itself should not stand. Then he even says this. He says, even Satan has unity. Satan cannot be divided against himself because he cannot stand. So he's saying that Satan, Lucifer, one-third of his angels that fell with him, according to Ezekiel 28, and knowing that not only them, but all of the demons which came from the, from the giants, demon spirits, all of them are in unity. And he's saying, how can they be divided against themselves? Now, this is what's unusual, and I'll make this really quick. There's a little thing that he talks about. They say he has Beelzebub. Beelzebub means the Lord of the flies. My wife is a diehard Alabama fan. She watches Alabama football. And when somebody gets upset in football, they use a term called a fly in the ointment. Any football players, any football fans understand that? Okay, I'm the only one who watches television. But it comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1. And what was happening is there was a fly that went into the ointment that caused what we understand a foul odor. And it began to disrupt. Now the ointment means anointing. So a fly can get into the anointing. So not only is Satan trying to stop our praise, he's also trying to stop the anointing of God. John says this, there are many, many antichrists among us. He wasn't talking about the antichrist that's going to rise up, that's going to bring in the one world order, the new world order, the one world government, that's going to bring in... He wasn't talking about that one. Can I just say this? What's going on in St. Louis has to happen. And I'm saying we've got to have division. Before somebody can stand up and say, I've got to bring in world peace, there's got to be chaos. Doesn't make sense, does it? And we keep praying. We're like, we're like uh, you know, we watch these, these, these pageants, Miss America, and they always say, I want world peace. And you're going, you're asking for the Antichrist. There's going to be nation rise up against nation. And what's going on right now, I, I, and I'll say this, Eddie, I love you. I believe in red, yellow, black, or white. We're all precious in his sight. There is no color to God. I believe that we're all brothers. We're all children of God. It does not matter. And I'm just as angry at some of the stuff that's going on up there too. But we've got to come together as a church family and say, as a church family, we've got to quit fighting against flesh and blood and start fighting against the enemy, the devil. Somebody bless him for a moment. But he gives us a parable there. The flies are trying to stop the anointing. Mm. This is what Psalms 23 says. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We know that. He anointeth my head with oil. 
We understand David was given the parable of understanding because he was being anointed as king. But also David was teaching us that a shepherd would take the anointing oil. And they would take the anointing oil. And they would do this. And put it inside their ears of the sheep. You say, why would they do that? Because they... Come on, yeah, that's good. Because the fly would get in their head and sit there and go, and cause all sorts of chaos and confusion in their mind. So they would take the anointing and put it in their ears so the sheep would not listen to the enemy. Come on, come on, come on, that's good. Somebody right now needs to put your hands on your ears and say, God, cover my ears with the anointing that I won't listen to the lies of the enemy, that I won't listen to what he's been trying to speak over me. I, God, I believe right now. Cover my ears, God, with the anointing. It's good. So we've got to understand the the fly is trying to stop it. Well, I'm going to jump ahead. Ephesians chapter 4. Faith, if you'll put that up there. God is a God of numbers. I'll say it again tonight. God is a God of numbers. He even wrote a book called Numbers. <laughs> he numbered the people. He's a God of one, three, seven, twelve, twenty-one. 40, 70, 144. I I can't sit here and name them all. But look what he says here. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The bond of peace. There is one body, and just as you are called in of your calling, one Lord, faith, One who is and above all and through all and in. Just means that Paul was from the south, y'all. Go on to the next one. Watch this. And because of that, it says, He ascended on high, He led captivity captive. And then he gave gifts unto men. Now, this is what gets me. Gifts, we think, means, okay, he's talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. That ain't what it's talking about. It's talking about he led captivity captive. Then he gave us his authority. So watch this. This is this is where it gets good. Go to go to Luke uh, ten nineteen real quick. Behold, I give you what's the word? Authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, prove that. Okay. Well, Romans sixteen twenty. Throw that one up. Faith says this. 
says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. What that means is when we put on the whole armor of God, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, gird your loins up with truth, put on the shoes of peace. The shoes of peace are actually spikes on the bottom. They're about this long. And the Roman soldiers' spikes is when they were in battle, they would go and they would sweep their leg and they'd rip their calf off the back of their leg. So what he's saying is the shoes of peace that's in God's armor. Now look at your neighbor and say it's not our armor. It's God's armor. And I'm trying to hurry this up because I know we've got festivities, okay? Is that... But understanding, he's saying, if we will ever put on the armor of God. When David went in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, Saul is saying, hey, David, take my armor. He says, well, I've never tried it in battle. I've never proofed it. But I was on the backside of the wilderness and there came a bear and there came a lion. And God delivered the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion into my, into my hands. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be just like them. And I'm telling you that God will deliver him into my hand because I've got on a different armor. I've got on God's armor. If we ever get to understanding that. Well, how do we get there? It's all good preaching. It's all good teaching. But how do we get there? Well, this is how we get there. Mark 16, 17 through 19. Watch this. These signs shall follow those that don't believe. What do you believe? Mm. What do you believe? Does anybody believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Anybody believe that Jesus, anybody believe in God the Father? I'll say it again. God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Anybody believe in that? Okay. In my name. Not in the name of Buddha, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, Imatef, Dagon, Baal, Confucius. For the teenagers, not in the name of Thor. Or Loki. But in the name of Jesus. Bible says God has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, everything above the earth, everything on the earth, everything under the earth, one day is going to have to bow, is going to have to confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings to the glory of the Father. We have to understand it's his name. It's no other name. No other name. I don't know if you understand that. No other name. We've got to get back to pleading the name of Jesus again. So, speak with new tongues. Go on to the next. Take up serpents, drink any deadly thing. No means hurts you. Lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Then when he said that, he went and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. He gone. Oh, there's two white men. Two men in white. I'm <laughs> sorry. He's coming back just like he left. Okay, got you. We're so silly sometimes. But he gave us a, a nugget here. He said in my name. Okay, so. Go on to the next. This is where it gets good. You got that next passage of scriptures? I'm sorry, there we go. 
Jesus is sitting here in Matthew chapter 16. This is where it's going to get personal. If I get too personal, just say, we don't want you back tonight, and I'll leave. Jesus said, so they say, some say John the Baptist. Some say I'm Elijah. Some say I'm Jeremiah and the other prophets. But who do you say I am? Look look at the next verse. Simon Peter says, well, you are the Christ. Now he says you are the Christ, which means the Christos. You are the anointed one. You are the anointed one because it's the anointing that breaks or destroys the yokes of bondage. And you are the way, the truth, and the life. And it says if we understand that he's the truth, the truth can set people free. And if the son has set people free, they can be free indeed. So understanding that he is the Christ, he is the one who can break every stronghold, he can break every addiction, he is the one who can, I don't think we get it yet, you are the Christ. Anybody believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? Anybody believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? Anybody in this house believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? He says this in verse 17. Chrissy last night had a revelation. He said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But it was a revelation from my Father in heaven. And he said, because of this, Simon, Peter, I'm going to call you Petros, which means pebble. A pebble. And on this rock, not on Simon Peter, because I know Simon Peter became the first pope of the Catholic Church, and he's the one who was the first mouthpiece for the new church. But it wasn't based on Peter. It was based on the knowledge of knowing that Jesus was the Christ, and he was the son of the living God. He's saying, Simon Peter, you're just a little rock. But I am the great big boulder. I am the great big foundation. I am the rock. And if you will build your church upon this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you will ever understand, there's still power in the name of Jesus. There's still authority in the name of Jesus. And if you will build your church based on that principle, devils cannot stop your church. Hell cannot stop your church. Hell cannot stop your family. I'm telling if you will base it on that then he says something cool I'm going to give you some keys keys to the kingdom well what's the keys is it the keys that he got when he came out of hell the keys to death and hell no if that's the case, none of us will die. But it's appointed unto us once to die. We're going to die. We may be 47. little girl just passed away that used to be in our youth group, 24. doesn't matter. It's your appointment. It's appointed unto man once to die. Nathan, we're all going to die. But understanding this, he says, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. I understand 
that key right there is specific, specific for my car. I can't go into my house and try to open my door with that key. I went to a, I've been doing these revivals occasionally, and I went to a hotel, and I'm checking in, and it's like 10.30 after a wild service. Put my card in, red. Put my card in, red. Put my card in, red. Go back down to the front desk, and I said, my card's not working. He says, well, we're Super 8, and that's a Hampton Inn. He said, you're using the wrong key. Some of us have been using the wrong key to open a door. Mm. I don't think you get it yet. Some of us have been trying to make it open by ourselves. Some of us have been trying to kick it open. Some of us have been trying to push it open. Some of us have been trying to shake the handle. But if we ever get the keys to the kingdom and understand that he gives us an opportunity to go through a door that no man can open, that he can... walking around with the keys on his shoulder. I feel stupid doing that. He says, and he can open and no man shall shut it. And he shall shut it and no man can open it. If we ever understand, Eddie, he's given us the keys. And here we are sitting here trying to go through this door. And we're trying to make this door open. Shaking the door, trying to. It ain't opening. But if we ever understand, if we'll take the keys that He's given us and say, "Greater is He that is in me than He that is in this world." When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who gives me strength. I am no longer in bondage to fear, but I have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby I can cry out, "My Father," and I considered by the spirit a child of God and if I am a child of God I am an heir and joint heir with Christ Jesus and if God be for me who can be against me it looks good in there some food going on What's happening is we've been trying to open the door with the wrong key. I got, I got a glimpse of something and I'm going to share it probably again tonight. Go ahead. I'm, I'm finishing up. I cut out half my sermon. I went down that night it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I had two or three ones in my pocket. I was hungry. Believe that. 315-pound man, hungry. So I start putting the ones in. And about that time, it gets hung. So the Christian thing to do is not shake it. 
So I go to the front desk and said, I've got five, a five, can you give me change for this? As I'm walking back, the machine's right over there. Here's the front desk of Super 8. So I'm walking back, a little boy comes up, puts in his dollar, pushes the same thing, and gets two of them for the price of one. Sitting there going, what in the world? And then the manager asked me, he said, are you not upset that he got your, your candy bar? And I'm like, no. I just paid the price for him to get the double portion. Can I tell you something? Somebody else has already paid the price for us to go through these doors. Somebody else has already paid the price for us to walk in his anointing. When he went down and sat at the right hand of the Father, the Bible actually calls him an advocate, which means lawyer. And what a lawyer can do is we can go and we can sign this thing called a power of attorney. He gave us power of attorney in his name. Some of y'all today need to walk up in your house with your shoes apiece and take back your house. Some of y'all today need to walk in your job, whenever it is, and take back your job. Some of us need to walk in the power and the anointing in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Simon Peter says he left us his footsteps that we should follow in his example. Paul says this, be a follower of me because I follow Christ or imitate me as I imitate Christ. So when we go into our houses today, we say, God, I'm taking back everything the enemy has ever stolen and I'm declaring that scripture today that if we come in and bind the strong man, God, he has to give everything back that he has stolen from my family. He has to give everything back he has stolen from my Simon Peter, you've got to bind the strong man. Here's the keys to the kingdom. You ready? Whatsoever you bind in heaven shall be bound in earth. And whatsoever you loose in heaven shall be loose to the earth. I wish somebody right now would say, God, I'm binding the enemy and I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. We're about to loose the anointing and it's about to change my family. It's about to change my job. It's about to change our church. Somebody right now declare it in the name of Jesus. Worried about your finances? I need somebody come here and pray over the offering plates. You gonna do it? Thank you, Nathan. Grab that oil and I want you to pray. Thank you for being obedient. I believe God's about to do something with your offerings. Not just to give you a salary. Because when we stop finances, when the enemy stops finances, guess what happens? It stops ministry. That's why they call it the gate of finance. He understands that. 
Jesus sat across from the gate watching the little widow with her mites. Jesus is concerned about the finances of the church. And it's time for us to declare that. Go ahead, yeah. Go ahead and start praying there, Nathan. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, Nathan. Come on, right now, agree with him. Where two agree is touching one thing. Come on, agree with him. Huh? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And the church declares, amen. Let it be done. Let it be so. Give me a picture of your family. I want you to pray over families. (laughs) Stay there. Don't give up now. I don't know if anybody saw what happened last night. There was, there was two women that were here who were sisters, and they've been fighting for a while. Years they've been fighting. And all of a sudden, one moment in the presence of God fixed some things last night. I want you to pray over families. And as he prays over families, he's going to be praying for your family. And I believe God's going to touch his family because he's praying for other families. Anybody right now will agree with me. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he's in the midst. Anybody right now will agree. Come on, Brother Jerry. Oh.